Today's show is brought to you by the Human Resource Executive Magazine's HR Technology Conference and Exposition, held October 1st to 4th at the Venetian in Las Vegas. Join me and thousands of your colleagues at the world's largest exhibition of HR technology. Act now using the code HREX and you can receive a $300 discount on your ticket. Thanks. We'll see you there. And by the way, don't miss the Women in Technology segment. And speaking of women in technology, today, Gina Kelly, who is the doyen of the HR Tech Women in Technology Summit, and I are going to have our annual pre-HR Tech conversation. Good morning, Jean. How are you? I'm good, John. How are you? How are you holding up? Oh, I'm on top of the world. You know, you know I put the... Um, the third annual sort of state of the AI in HR tech report to bed about a week ago. It's in the publishing process and it will be ready for the reveal at HR tech. I'm excited about getting a chance to do that. How about you? You are the center of the cyclone. You know, I... Uh... <laughs> I seem to like the center of the cyclone, but I want to go back to your report for a moment because I know that that has been a massive undertaking. Can you can you tell us a little bit about how many hours you put into that just in, in the discovery phase in terms of interviewing vendors? So 450 hours of interview and demo time with 110 vendors, mm -hmm. followed by a quantitative survey of 550-ish practitioners about where they are and what sorts of technologies they're adopting. And a pretty interesting, good sketch of what's to come. I think what's to come is different than most people imagine. And um, my co-author, Heather Bussing, put together an amazing sequence of steps to take to digest the kind of information that AI puts, puts out. So she's got a solid chapter in the report about what to do with probabilistic information. So we're real excited. It's the third and it's the best to date. You know, I love that you're doing not just the research, but providing the actionable information, you know, and I think I think that's what people are really thirsty for is, you know, uh, there's a lot of research out there of varying quality. I know that yours is always amazing, but it's that roadmap in terms of, you know, how do I put one foot in front of the other here uh, as I navigate these really choppy and unchartered borders? It's a fascinating time for HR. You know, this, this stuff, which looks like just a wrinkle right now, there's a lot of noise, but figuring out exactly where to get started is still precious. Five years from now, this will be the heart of the business because we're going to have all of the IoT data running through our AI applications. And so the way that the HR department and the company as a whole relates to its individual employees is about to change dramatically because everything is going to be measured. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, as we look at the upcoming HR Technology Conference, so much of our focus is on AI, but overall, thematically, it's about the employee experience. And, you know, having been in this category for a long time, I can remember the promise of things like employee self-service and manager self-service a million years ago. So, so what do you see as the future of work when you look at that employee experience? Well, it's, it's an interesting thing. I, my take is that the best HR is invisible. 
Right. And so when you think about what's the employee experience, what you're really talking about is all sorts of things that aren't HR. And the first step in getting that right is making HR so completely invisible that people don't have to think about it. HR shouldn't be a separate place that you go to. It shouldn't be a separate experience unless you've got some sort of a major problem. But if you have to get the normal junk associated with your work, learning and recruiting and performance management, those sorts of things, it should be just part of the environment. It should be, it should be anything but a discrete standalone experience. And I think we're in the early days of figuring that out. Does that mean that HR becomes transactional versus strategic? Or, you know, where is that place for those great HR people who are able to deal with those exception situations that take place uh, in, in most workplaces? Well, I think their job's going to get harder. I think their job is going to get harder mm. and way more important. And you're going to see, you know, we're headed towards a time where the, where the, employees interface with HR is some sort of conversational interface. And the idea that the first stop in the relationship between HR and employees is a human being is probably going to go away. What that means is the people who are left get all of the hard questions that the machine can't answer. And yeah. so, so the job gets harder and harder and harder. And, and we don't know yet how you're going to train people who only get hard questions to work on. You know, when you train a generalist today, you put them on the easy stuff. And as they master the easy stuff, you move them forward into harder and harder kinds of problems to solve with more autonomy. And we're going to be missing that first step because the machine does that. And so, so wow. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you hit the nail on the head in terms of the training aspect, John, because you're right. Uh, you know, most of us who have come up through the leadership, uh, you know, climb the leadership ladder, either learn from our mistakes or learn from a mentor or learn from having our feet held to the fire. So you do remove that element, that ability to really shadow, uh, you know, someone or take them through a training curriculum to learn these things. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting time. So partly, I'm not sure that the, the question is whether or not people in HR need retraining, which is the story you hear right now. I think that they may need a whole different kind of approach to getting the job done. And, and I think we don't know what that looks like yet. Yeah. You know, I like to, I, I like to think that it's that HR is finally going to be appreciated and valued for for the skill sets that it always had but weren't necessarily the ones that were being rewarded. So I, I think I think this is a stay tuned situation. I think we're going to find this to be a very interesting ride. Oh, I do too. I do too. And I'm I'm all in for it. What have you been seeing? I'm, I am so excited about getting to the Women in HR Tech Summit that you're, that you're pulling together. Talk about that a little bit. You know, I, I am too. I, I have to tell you, I'm just like, you know, remember when you were a little kid and like it was the night before your birthday and you couldn't sleep because you knew it was going to be a great day. I have that kind of exhilaration about our fourth annual Women in HR Tech Summit. Uh, we have an amazing program, some of the absolute best and brightest in the in, in the Women in HR Tech category uh, joining us on stage this year. And I think, you know, I've taken a look at our pre-registration registration numbers. And I think we're going to have another record-breaking summit. Uh, you know, last year, 
And I know you're just so busy at the show. I don't know if you got a chance to sit in, but, you know, we were in such an overflow situation at the Women in HR Tech Summit. We not only had people standing around the perimeter of a huge, huge ballroom, you know, people were like camped out on the floor. So uh, we're going to have a similar situation this year. There's just such an appetite for for these topics and uh, especially you know, the gender equality topic overall and, and where that is going from a diversity and inclusion standpoint. So what I find interesting is that at the Women in HR Tech Summit, the closing keynote is by the people at Walmart who, for my money, are doing the most interesting AI implementation, and it's an all-female team. That's astonishing. It is. It is astonishing, and you know, I have—I uh, have to tell you—I have had the pleasure of uh, prepping with these women as they put together their presentation and the supporting materials. This is an amazing group, uh, as you might suspect. I mean, given the scale of what they're accomplishing at Walmart, it's just mind-blowing. But a very, very thoughtful, uh, intelligent group of women who have done their due diligence in terms of uh, design and also, of course, save the day in a number of instances from a production standpoint. So uh, I think that's going to be a session that is an absolute must attend on uh, Tuesday, October 1st. And of course, that's going to run from 1110 in the morning until 12 noon. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing that one. If I were able to ask a question there, I would ask them, how have they dummy-proofed the system so that it doesn't get them in trouble? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, you know, we we will be taking questions at the end of the session, John, so swing by. (laughs) We'd love to have you. We always like those questions that you ask. (laughs) So you've got that. What else else is happening in, in the summit? You know, this year we're, we're taking a, a different approach, but one that I think is consistent with the need to foster collaboration between men and women in the workplace. And that is, we're going to have our male colleagues on stage with us at several of the panels. One in particular is on mentorship, and we have the pleasure of three really, really smart people who have run mentorship programs, but a blend of uh, male and female colleagues. And we have another really, really interesting session that's getting a significant uptake. It is called Mothers, Sons, and Daughters. So we're actually going to have three panelists talk about their own experiences. Uh, One is a guy who inherited his business from his mother after working for her for a number of years. Another is an individual in the industry who has worked with his mother in the capacity of traveling with her over the years because uh, she's a high-powered executive and he's a high-powered executive. And the third panelist is the mother of three young girls, and she's going to talk about what she's doing to kind of raise them upright. So we have some really interesting content this year. We do, of course, also have what you would expect from a technology summit. And um, among our most popular panels will be the one on new technologies that support diversity and inclusion programs in the workplace. Oh, that's great. So who's doing that one? 
So we're going to have that one moderated by Chris Havrilla. I know we both know Chris from Burson by Deloitte, and uh, so she will be moderating our panel, and we're going to be talking about things like pay equity. We're going to be talking about creating a culture of speaking up uh, without fear of retribution, and we're going to talk about the different technologies that actually support some of these initiatives. So I think under her guidance, we're going to have a very interesting discussion with that panel. I have another question there. I was, I was in a um, vendor briefing with a bunch of analysts the other day. And, and after four or five hours, I noticed the fact that there wasn't a woman involved in the presentation. And in the wrap-up session where you could ask questions, I looked around and, and I realized that the women analysts who were in the room couldn't possibly ask the question that needed to be asked, which was, where are the women on your team? Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And, so, and so, so I asked the question, but that gets at a, that gets at a big issue, I think, which is how do, how do you use allies to move the ball forward? Because there are still every single day situations in which things should be questioned or asked or declared or reported that can't be for reasons of safety or the politics of the situation or something like that. So you think that will get covered in, in this session? Well, I, I hope so. You know, to some extent, I think it'll be covered overtly. But I have to be candid with you, John. And of course, I'm at a different point in my career than perhaps some of the people that were attending the, the um, session you were in. We're very grateful for allies such as yourself as we as we push ahead. But the real issue is the words do have to come out of our mouths. We cannot sit there and be silent. You know, Shirley Chisholm, who was the first African-American mm -hmm. woman elected to Congress, and I'm sure you're very familiar with her, her um, uh, amazing, amazing career. She said, uh, and I quote, you don't make progress by standing on the sidelines whimpering and complaining. You make progress by implementing ideas. And so finding your voice is a very important part of the gender equality equation. Finding your voice and saying what you have to say without fear of ridicule or some sort of, of uh, backlash is something you learn to do over time. And it's like anything else. It's like the first time your training wheels came off a bicycle and you rode the bicycle by yourself and realized you were doing it all on your own. You have to just jump in the water and it will be cold at first, but you will be fine. And if that's a lesson that we can impart, to our attendees at Women in HR Tech. And by the way, that's not just our women attendees. It's our men who attend Women in HR Tech as well. And we do have uh, quite a few of our male colleagues who attend. It's really important that everyone's voice be heard. And, you know, I think actually as we look beyond this, as, it, as, as we look beyond this in the workplace, it's not just about gender. It's also about people who are disabled and people of color. And, you know, we could really go on and on about how how we need to value diversity in our workplaces. So um, probably a long answer to your question, but obviously you've struck a nerve and that's, this is truly a passion for me and where I am at this point in my career. Well, that's good. We can, we can have a much longer conversation about, about 
how and when to evoke support from allies. And, and, and I agree that it should be the case that, that you don't need that pry bar in the door. But sometimes still, it seems to me that it's a way to move things forward. And so the question of how one uses allies to, right, if we wait for, if we wait for normal attrition, it'll only be 208 years until there's pay equity. In the <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, listen, uh, you know, I don't want to leave our listeners with the impression that we can't ask for help and that we shouldn't have allies. That's one of the reasons I used a word earlier in our conversation today, collaboration. We all lift up when we support each other. So, uh, you know, I think supporting my male colleagues in the workplace is just as important as getting their support on, you know, on my end. I think that breaking down those barriers where someone is uncomfortable or is even questioning the validity of what they have to share with the group, even when they're extremely experienced. And, you know, I know some of the folks that were probably in that session with you are amazing people, but just the trepidation or the lack of role models with whom to identify you know, I get phone calls from people who are call me up and say, oh, you know, we want to work together. And, and I listen to them. And while I'm listening to them, I go to their website. And, you know, I see that the leadership team is, is comprised of, of six guys who I'm sure are all amazing, but there's absolutely no diversity there. And that, that always causes me pause. That makes me question how committed they truly are to a diverse workplace. Well, so there's much more than the women in the HR Tech Summit at the at the conference. You have relationships with a lot of people who are going to be making their mark. Who's got your attention? What's interesting? Oh, goodness. Well, you know, one of the things I mentioned earlier was the employee experience. So I think that looking at topics uh, like that, with uh, vis-a-vis presentations by people who are actually in the trenches. There's one that I've got on my radar screen, which is Mark Stelzner. I know you know Mark. Oh, yeah. uh, and of course, he's the principal of IAHR. He's doing a session with one of his colleagues on the employee experience. And if anyone understands this, it's Mark, because he's been behind the scenes, you know, doing some amazing enterprise work over the years. So I love to be able to sit in on those sessions that are very practical and are really talking about how to make this happen rather than something that's, you know, more of a, here's what's going to happen 10 years from now. I think it's really important to keep your eye on what's going to happen 10 years from now, but the reality is we are all measured quarter to quarter <laughs> and sometimes even, a you know, a more truncated time frame than that. So, uh, you know, I like to like to bring it in a bit. And, and like I said about your research, you know, having something actionable that people can actually put into to practice and feel good about is so important. Yeah, it's a big deal. So we got Stelzner's employee experience session. Are you plugged into what's going to be going on on the stage where they have like a kajillion startups doing short presentations? <laughs> That would be our pitch fest, and yes, I um, I have the pleasure of uh, judging, and uh, and then I've been tapped to MC as well, and 
<laughs> so that's always great fun because uh, no pressure for our startups, but they get up there and they, they you know, they pitch their great idea and, uh, and we have uh, uh, expert judges who then determine who moves on to the next round. And that's a very, very exciting session at HR Tech. And of course, because we have 30 participants, it's broken down into groups of 10. So you pretty much can catch one of the pitch fest sessions, um, you know, from the show floor on a daily basis. That's amazing. So 30 startups and how long are the presentations? Oh, gosh, they're short. Now, you're, um, hmm, don't hold me to this, but I'm going to say like three to five minutes. I mean, it's not a lot of time. And I do remember that there is a bell that rings. So you have to get off stage when your time is up. That's exactly the kind of thing that I'm doing in the second of the um, AI sessions that I'm doing for the show. I have a, a group of four companies who I think are the most interesting companies offering AI-related solutions, and yeah. they get seven minutes, but they get seven minutes, and then there's a baseball bat involved. Yeah, was good. <laughs> Well, you know, seven minutes with you, John, you're, you, I always tell people you are our biggest brain in this category. So I don't know, that could be kind of scary, actually. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things I do to get people ready for this is we rehearse and we re-rehearse and we re-rehearse. And uh, so everybody who's there understands what it sounds like when you go to seven minutes and one second. Yeah. Oh, that's great, though. That's great. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that one. I hope to be able to, to, to get to that one. Yeah, yeah. It's good to know that there are great companies out there. It's also good to know that they can answer serious, hardball questions under fire in front of an audience, because that's what you really want from the service people in your vendors. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and of course, we do have, you know, our amazing keynotes this year. We have Barbara Corcoran. I've been just such a huge fan of Barbara Corcoran over the years. Uh, you know, being a, a kid growing up in New York City, she's she's a legend in these parts and has, of course, uh, really raised her profile having been on Shark Tank. So she's going to be one of our keynotes at HR Tech this year. That's great. Who, who else is doing a keynote? Well, Josh Burson is going to be doing a keynote talking about how technology is shaping the new HR agenda. And then we're going to have some keynotes on the future of work. There's certainly considerable discussion regarding the fourth industrial revolution at the show. So, you know, as usual, those keynotes are very popular. We're also going to have our ideas and innovators lightning round session. That's always very creative and very popular. And, you know, the other thing that I love about HR Tech is, as you said in the beginning of our conversation, there are thousands and thousands of HR professionals there. So what a great networking opportunity to compare notes, make new friends, you know, reconnect with, with maybe former colleagues. So HR Tech is a terrific community as well. It certainly is. And, and if you're new to the HR Tech world, on the first day, Tuesday the 1st at 2 o'clock, after the Women in HR Tech session is over, I run a lengthy orientation to the conference that helps you develop a strategy for getting your needs met and showcases the things that you shouldn't miss in that process. So I invite anybody who's listening to come and sit with me to think about what you really want to get out of the show. 
I think that level of pre-planning also is very important. The show can be a bit overwhelming to people who are there for the first time. And I also caution everyone to please wear very comfortable shoes. <laughs> it's not the time to make a fashion statement. It's the time to make sure those feet are incredibly comfortable because you will do a lot of walking at this show. That's right. It's hard to explain to somebody who, who hasn't seen this before what it's like to be in an ocean of 450 or 500 vendors selling HR mm -hmm. technology solutions. It is mm, disturbing. <laughs> it is so overwhelming that you really need to go into it with some very specific idea of what you want to get out of it because you can get turned around 17 different ways with all of the different things that people do to try to grab your attention. Yeah. I think the show does a really nice job of categorizing the different offerings, you know, in terms of core HR versus talent acquisition. Uh, you know, so I think that information is at the website, and that can be very helpful before you even get on the plane to Vegas uh, to, to just get a sense of, you know, where where your swim lanes are, and that way you won't be quite as overwhelmed. As you know, we've had vendors with Cirque du Soleil above their booth. I mean, this truly is a show. Yes, it is. It's an amazing thing. So you get one last chance to make one more recommendation. We are at the end of our half hour. So what's the last thing that you want to be sure that people know? I want to make sure that people look at your research, John, because I'm tasked with writing the show's new product press release, and I've been going through hundreds and hundreds of entries. I cannot begin to tell you how many flavors of AI there are. Of course, you know this already, but for our listeners, I think it's very important that they bone up on what AI truly means, what it will mean to their business, and what they should be planning for in the future. Well, with that, on the hrexaminer.com website, there are ads all over the place to pre-order the research. It will ship on the first, and uh, there's an early bird discount if you, if you order it now. So thanks for reminding me to say that. So, My Jean, pleasure. So, Gene, now, now it's heads down till we get into the actual storm. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. I know, I know that your to, office to you as is, well, sir. <laughs> is, is a swirl of activity for the next couple of weeks. And so I will Indeed. see you in Las Indeed. Vegas, and, and I hope we see everybody else in Las Vegas. Thanks for doing this, Gene. And my pleasure. Thank you, John. Uh, Bye now. All right. You've been listening to HR Examiner's Executive Conversations, and this has been our annual pre-HR Tech show with Gina Kelly, who is the doyen of all things HR Tech and the chairperson of the Women in HR Tech Summit, which happens on the first day of the event. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here next week. Bye-bye now.